right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here, Sunday night in the Kill House, and I am joined by my esteemed certified master fitter colleague, Tron Carter. Good to be here. Do I get one of those little uh, titles, initials behind my name? CMF. CMF. Tron Carter Tron CMF. Tron Carter CMF. I, mean, you, I need to add that to my signature. I like that. I like that. Put the, at least put that. Is it not in your Twitter profile, profile yet? Not yet. Okay. Well, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go to our YouTube channel and find uh, the the video that we put together with the help of our friends, of course, at Callaway, where uh, we sent Tron out to Carlsbad and st- he went through the ringer on training to become a certified master club fitter. So anytime you guys have questions, you can send them straight to TC. Is that right? They've been coming hot and heavy already, <laughs> man. <laughs> the reaction's been very strong. What was the most haunting reaction was definitely that you circle the entire answer of a multiple choice oh, test. People were, well, what is that about? People were shook by that. And they were like, well, I bet you struggle with Scantron. No, I don't struggle with Scantron because <laughs> there's clearly a way to do it and a place to put it. But, you know, leave, leave no doubt and your first impression or your first instinct is normally correct. What did you learn? What's about the, if you were to sum it up in 10 seconds, what, what would you say you learned the most about when you became a master club fitter? Oh, gosh. Most important thing I learned was how important uh, the tape is. The, the fitting tape, yes. knowing exactly where your strike was. And then from there, you can really figure out tendencies and also figure out, you know, all right, was that a good strike or not? Was that indicative of, you know, a good strike, good tendency? And then from there, you can kind of proceed with the fitting. So in a fitting, uh, Callaway's distance fitting programs, if you're not sure if you're a Maverick Sub-Zero or Maverick Max guy, Apex or Maverick Pro Irons, you don't know what the best Jaws MD5 setup is for you, uh, for the way you play your short game shots, you can get those questions and more answered by an expert over the phone for free. They offer 30-minute complimentary fitting over the phone. You can schedule appointments at callawaygolf.com slash distance fitting. And yeah, we, we, have to get, we have to get you in the rotation on the phone lines to schedule uh, you being the one coaching people. In, people so. have been asking me if I'm available. I said yes. So, and, and then, you know, Neil, I need to get him actually fitted. He resisted my advice. I well, he's got a year, backwards. a year's worth of stuff to correct because he had his driver set the wrong way for an entire year, which is can't change too many variables at once. <laughs> you're not supposed to change only one variable exactly. at a time, right? So, uh, so check that out on our YouTube channel if you can. We have a lot to talk about. There's a lot, a lot of golf that has been played this past weekend. Uh, we are recording this as the Barracuda is, I think, still in the front nine. If something crazy happens, we're going to go back into the studio in the back half and talk about that. First up on the calendar, of course, is the WGC FedEx St. Jude Classic. Justin Thomas emerges as uh, a winner by two shots, I believe. No, sorry, three shots. Final round, 65. He wins $1.82 million and takes an insurmountable lead in the FedEx Cup now. Takes at least two weeks for somebody to catch him at this point. At this point, I it think... It finally matters, I right? think the PGA Tours, they're very relieved that... You know, it's not Lonto Griffin or somebody like that leading the FedEx Cup at this point. I doubt many people in Ponte Vedra are rooting necessarily for Brendan Todd to be the player of the exactly. year and to win the FedEx Cup or, you know, win the Wyndham Rewards or whatever is coming up. But uh, Justin Thomas, uh, we did this last time when he was not a killer at workday. Is he a dog or a killer? I think he's still a dog. He didn't have killer tendencies off the tee down the stretch. He got rub of the green pretty good oh, on that. Oh, my goodness. But like, 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 how are you missing there? It was a horrible right? shot. So I don't like, even a understand. Killer doesn't miss there. How, well, I understand how they didn't get it. I promise we're saving Amsterdam for Amsterdam. Oh, it'll the be coverage takes. We're gonna let it fly. But it, you, we never got to see it go across the bridge. But it, the way the graphics work, I have no idea how that ball crossed the. No, bridge. No, I was even talking about the one that got hung up on the oh. back of that bunker. Well, he hit. He hit that one there. Like he deserved that. No, one I know. Bad. But like, how do you miss? Like, oh yeah. You know, I see. You're, you're, you're on cruise control. How do you miss right there? And yeah. And, that was, you know, a function of, and we can talk TPC Southwind, but a, a couple pins that were like, hey, go go get this pin if you want it, but if you hit a poor shot, you're going to pay yeah. the price. And that is why I think we got a separated, strong leaderboard. Uh, not, I know it ended up with a huge two-way tie for second, but there was, you know, really good dividing line shots. And we'll talk, yeah. when we get to 16th uh, a little bit later. So, uh, but yeah, JT was feeling it, going for birdies and just tugged a little wedge. And when you tug a wedge, it goes long and it ends up in that bunker. And, and that was the I, Neil miss. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, 
I think it, you know, Southwind is not my favorite course in the rotation, but I think a good example of a golf course that creates some good entertainment on television. Yeah, I think I'll come with some positivity on Southwind. I like it. It's a good tournament course. It looks hard. It looks like there's a lot of dog legs. You got to shape the ball. Greens are small. Um, it's not a driving contest, decidedly. Yeah. And for that, I like it. And it was still a good test, even though it's soggy as hell right mm -hmm. now there, too. It held um, up very well, scoring well. Like, you had a good example on Twitter of Brooks on that little wedge shot. Yeah. You know, Brooks just not getting quite enough spin on it. And it was a matter of, you know, that thing would have stopped with another 18 inches, but the margins are super thin out there with the short grass around the greens. I tried to combine two points into one with that shot with, you know, how good JT. So to decide to go after that pin and, the, and both of them were out of position off the tee. So their third shots into the par five 16th were not where they wanted to be playing from, but it was a back left pin and JT's in the first cut of rough, and he had to drop that ball down an elevator shaft with spin to get it to stop close to the hole. And if you want to go at that pin, which he did, he took on the risk and knocked it stiff. And you probably wouldn't have been able to appreciate just how good that shot was until you see Kepka come in. He's a little closer from the fairway, unable to get as much spin as he needs, but his ball rolls just off the back and then down a slope and does not stop in long grass. And it's like everything we've been talking about the last several weeks is he had a chip at the bottom of that hill off short grass to no green to work with. We didn't get to hear him really talk and through. And can play it a bunch of different ways. We too. didn't get to hear him talk yeah. through all the options with Ricky, unfortunately, but he chipped it way past the hole and made bogey. And that is what I want to see in a PGA Tour event coming down the stretch. Like guys deciding whether or not to take pins on. If you miss the shot, you're going to pay the price. And that decided the tournament right there on that hole. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm still, I'm shook by Brooks dumping it in the water. On 18. On 18. That was, I mean, looked, yeah, that was a, you know, everything burns kind of move coming down. The, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't figure that dude out, man. I, I, Lou Brown tweeted something. He said, you know, Brooks isn't going to grind out in a bat in the, in the company softball game, <laughs> which is essentially what he views the WGC as, right? But at the same time, from everything I've heard, Brooks loves money. Loves money. Exactly. Loves money. And <laughs> yeah. that he... Has four hundred and what fifty five thousand dollars is a lot of money. He, he oh yeah, yeah, I know he's trying to win it there on eighteen, and I'm not even reflecting that, that much on the tee shot. I mean, that's you got to take on that water if you want to, you know, have a good shot at making birdie on that hole. And I understand that, but making double out of it cost him four hundred fifty five thousand dollars. And for someone that I, I've you know, hear some rumblings that likes to gamble it from time to time and uh, maybe spend some money lavishly and and you know plays. For the money. We heard Joel Damon talk about playing for the money, and I think tour guys don't talk enough about how much the money actually really does matter to them. But he made it look like he didn't care there on 18 more so than, uh, I don't know, than was maybe reality. It's funny because he plays for these trophies, and then I think the other, you know, and obviously the trophies equal money, but otherwise he does, he truly doesn't give a shit about the tour events, and it's solely money in the tour events. They actually had a fun graphic before the day today was about, like, so the storylines going into it was like, will Kepka balance out his trophy case, which was four major wins and three PGA Tour wins, which I've never seen the tour really, you know, go out of their way to uh, acknowledge the major wins and the fact that he hasn't won a bunch of tour events. Speaking of tour wins, it was BS today. I think James Corgan tweeted about it today. The tour refuses to acknowledge. So the WGCs are not, they're not just PGA Tour events. They're a collection of all the worldwide association of PGA right. Tours or whatever they call it. And it doesn't feel like that when you're and, watching it. <laughs> and even on the graphics, they refuse to acknowledge European Tour wins. Current year European Tour wins. It's like the most jingoistic and, and career self-serving thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, at no point, like every now and then I'll see, I guess it's just how it's presented to us, but you'll see a graphic on from the European Tour Twitter or something about this event, and you're like, oh yeah, it's also kind of a European Tour exactly. event, and it really, really doesn't feel like it. And you know what, I sorry, this is Hamstam creeping in, but <laughs> I feel for like the, the British fans a lot, because from all signs, they don't see any golf when playing through happens, and Ewan Murray on Sky was... He was beside himself. He was really yeah. upset today on the fact that the, the directors were not uh, showing Tom Lewis enough, which was insane. And listen, I'd love to blame COVID for all that, but this stuff happened before that happened. But let's not quite get to yeah. that just yet. Let's save the good stuff. We'll huh? save the good stuff. Brennan Todd held the 54-hole lead. Tough scene today. That's Shaky twice. Shaky today, yes. That's twice that this year um, that that has happened. And it, yeah. It sucks. I mean, he's had an unbelievable year. I wish he would, you know, hang in there a little bit longer on these Sundays, but 
Uh, he ended up tied for 15th uh, with Ricky, of course, who shot three over today. The broadcast crew was calling it out pretty early on. They were saying, hey, he's walking. Like his, shoulder, right. his shoulders look really, really tense, and he's walking differently. Yeah. It's got to be hard, you know, on the PGA Tour to wait around for a tee time all day. And, I, I, you know, it's not all that surprising. Uh, what was it? Timothy Frank, what this guy I followed on Twitter, said uh, Brendan Todd and Ben on coming down to the last, like, a bunch of drunk girls coming home at 6 a.m. Yeah. They should have to carry their shoes. That was my tweet of the week. That was that was hilarious. Ben on hit some, I mean, they're talking about all the work he's put in with, with facts and all that. And then he hit some good putts today and mm -hmm. he hit some shaky putts he had today some, too. Uh, yeah the, 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 the mega queef on the on the first hole today but <laughs> daniel berger made a run as well he uh bogeyed 18 but uh he he gave it quite a scare cashed my top 10 bet for this week phil mickelson finished tied for second that was kind of sneaky to me yeah and really he had a bogey free round today which we, you don't like that's not very phil like that is very really quite disappointing to be honest <laughs> exactly back to the jt note Obviously, we had uh, Bones on the bag caddying for him this week. Uh, his caddy, Jimmy Johnson, was out with experiencing some dizzy spells lately and is out for this week and next week. Bones on the bag for the first time in his career, uh, caddying for the number one player in the world now. That's that's so bizarre. <laughs> it's such... I, it's whoever said in the tweet that, are we going to see Bones on the 18th green today uh, saying this is the most important win of his entire career? That... ah. Uh, I was trying to find a picture of Stevie with the microphone in his face at, at Bridgestone, and I could not find one. But How many shots of... Certainly, I don't want to skip over Tom Lewis. Tom Lewis shot 61 yesterday. Well, can we talk about the Bones thing here? Because uh, yeah. I, I was looking for some coverage on this of, you know, they saw each other on the range. They saw each other on the putting green or something. Already explained, uh, you know, exchanged pleasantries. And there's no coverage on that. I understand. They're, they're um, limited and, people And then the Nabla whitewashed the shit out of it They all didn't day. even cover yeah. it all day. But Phil rolls up to the tee and doesn't, like, say hello to JT or anything. Just says, hey, I've got a Callaway. And then like, Bones looked like he was kind of laughing about it. That, you know, Phil didn't even acknowledge Bones' presence or whatnot. But it didn't seem pleasant. And uh, I... I I don't know the full story. I really don't. But uh, you know, maybe I know more than I, I'm insinuating. But I don't. That was crazy that they just didn't even acknowledge that they hadn't spoken really to each other all day. At least maybe if they had, if Dottie had seen that or whatever, that's great. Let's share that. But yeah, I was missing today. It's bizarre. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's just, it seems like just dig in a little bit more. Just do a little bit more work. Like in golf, we don't have that many relationships like that. You know, the like team. Spent what, 20, 25 years. 25 years on his bag. Probably yeah. a little bit more than 25 years even. Yeah. On the bag, every week, every day, stayed at the same hotels, ate breakfast together. I mean. Yeah. is Yeah. It, it was it was bizarre. And uh, I'm sure Bones has smiled a little bit even more about the, you know them winning the tournament this week. But fun fact. How, or I guess question for you. How many wins does JT have since Spieth's last win? I know he's got three this year. Gosh. Probably seven? Nine. Nine? Nine. 13 wins for JT. When was Spieth's last win? Uh, British Open, 2017. 13th win for JT, uh, 12th in the last four seasons, and the third fastest to 13 wins, second behind Jack and Tiger. He's a predator, man. And gosh, yeah, a couple that have just kind of slipped away. We had a couple questions. Uh, one of them, I can't find the name of it, but is basically coming down to... Are we worried about JT's big right miss coming down the stretch of some of these tournaments? He got away with a lot coming down the stretch. I'm not. I'm, I'm just worried about the big miss. It's not left or right. Yeah, like he, he's got it going both ways, right? He missed big time left on 15, the ball that jumps across the car path and uh, across the creek, which is legitimately one of the luckiest breaks I think I can ever remember happening in a PGA Tour event. Blows it way right on 16 into the trees, blows it right on 17, and then blows it way right again on 18. But never horribly out of position, was able to recover and then take care of business and not, you know, he never doubled down on any of the mistakes. But, I mean, JT, he's got to be like a lock for player of the year now, right? I would think so. And yeah. Brendan Todd, of course, is going to win comeback player of the <laughs> That's year. That's what I'm more concerned with. I guess that they brought the up courage award four or five times, that, or maybe maybe not that many times, but you know, saying he's a lock for comeback player of the year. That award doesn't exist <laughs> anymore. They haven't given it out in 10 years. They renamed it like the Courage Award, and it's not something you give out every year. It's more, I know Jared Lyle got it once. I know Eric Compton got it once. It's much more of like overcoming 
something physical. I still don't understand how Stricker won it twice in a row. It's the greatest comeback twice in a year. In tour history. Twice in a row. He broke the award. He won. It was 06 and 07 comeback player of the year, which literally don't call it a comeback. If <laughs> the second year, I don't know how you could win it twice. But Many people are saying Patrick Reed's going to win uh, Courage Award oh, this year. Yeah, like Nancy that. Faldo floated that on Twitter. Yeah, he overcame a lot of adversity getting there. And he's a true gentleman. Um, we got to get to some uh, some Bryson stuff as well. But why don't I believe... I'm turning this over to you for please, once. Please, Tell us about today's podcast sponsor, mid-roll sponsor, if you will. Rain Sunglasses. Uh, I got these actually a couple weeks ago. R-A-E-N. R-A-E-N. Not to be confused with R-E-I-G-N. Like Sean Kemp, the Rain Man, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> Which I always thought Sean Kemp, the Rain Man, was like Seattle. Dustin Hoffman. No, I thought that was like <laughs> Dustin Hoffman spelled Rain Man, but continue. Anyway, I got some glasses from, and actually, Freddie breaks my sunglasses all the time. I've told him, I've told him, hey, you're not breaking these. I like these glasses, all right? So I have a small head, a narrow head, I should say, and... I got the Remy uh, model that in a size 49. They've got these in two two sizes. So they're 49 millimeters, I believe, across, or that seems small. But I <laughs> um, got them in the Brindle Tortoise with, with green polarized lenses. They're fantastic. Living down here in Florida, you need, you need the polarized lenses, especially being near the water, going out to the beach, all that. I don't fish as much as I should, but if I do fish, you need polarized lenses. They're just comfy, man. Like they just, it's, it's tough for me to find sunglasses that fit my head and can be kind of dressed up or dressed down. And I was just, I'm blown away by them. They've got Carl Zeiss lenses in them. So uh, about as good a lenses as you can find. And um, handmade, in. handmade, that, that blew my mind. This is quality handmade shit we're talking <laughs> about here. Uh, they were, GQ called them uh, one of the best sunglasses for men in 2020. You see stars like John Hamm, James Harden, Wiz Khalifa. They all love rain. Uh, so if you're like Tron, get yourself a pair of rain sunglasses at rain.com. That's R-A-E-N.com. Use promo code NLU. Get 25% off your first order. R-A-E-N.com. Uh, promo code NLU for 25% off your first order. 25% off. That's that's, that's a good substantial. offer. That's a yeah. big time offer. Usually, and they're well priced anyway. Yeah. Too. So take advantage of that. Uh, rain.com. Uh, where do you want to go with this next? Gosh. Um, Can we talk WGCs? Let's talk Tom Lewis so, okay. that, so that the Brits don't yes. get on us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, they should have done that during play, the playing through while, uh, while we were doing the commercial there. Uh, 61 yesterday on Saturday with a bogey. Ties the course record. If there was a cut, like he was in the bottom half of the field yeah. after two rounds. Yeah. Low-key, a beauty of the no-cut event is you can get a, t- a, a rare story like Tom Lewis shooting 61. What are you shooting? Sorry, today. I know he, he shot 66 today. Half of Mackenzie Hughes. He had a five-footer for birdie on 16 know, and then bogeyed of, 17. He had a serious, serious He was right there. I don't think it would have I don't think it would have mattered if he if he made the five-footer. I think, I think he would have lost by one. Either way, JT's... JT had, it was so good on 18. Right, but he, if he's got to get that up and down, that's, that's a little different yeah. thought. I think JT bailed out way right on purpose on that second shot, knowing he, I think at some point he knew he had a two-shot lead. But but yeah, I mean, and then and then Lewis shoots 30 on the front nine today. Correcting myself, Brooks had just birdied 17. So he it was a one-shot lead, but he would have thought he had a two-shot lead. But the shot he hit into 16 was the, was the nutty part. He flagged it, and it barely rolled off that back. And he – so he, yeah. talking about the Kepka shot earlier, Lewis had the same uh, – very similar shot, and he putted it up the hill to five feet. That was really the only way to get it close, but then he PC missed way. the five-footer. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, missed the five-footer. That, that one hurt. But that is some, some serious, serious golf. They seem to only want to cover it from the plane for a long <laughs> period of t- Which was a great bit. You know? <laughs> I guess it was, but – Golly, yeah, he was plus three starting his round on the back nine on Saturday. Um, I keep having to trick myself into th- into or like actually just fool myself and and kind of remind myself that these these guys making big moves in the FedEx Cup it actually doesn't matter because everybody keeps their card. I know after this year, but like I mean, he moved up seventy nine spots from one ninety one to one twelve. Like I was looking at couple other guys and i'm like oh man they need this out in tahoe and all that and they well they still do for category and reshuffle stuff, yeah you can but. get some pretty good perks uh a ton of perks come with making it to east lake i mean that's masters I and mean, i know tom lewis is really good. really even a, a ton of perks come from making it inside uh the previous year's top 125 yeah because, it, oh, like for like, sure. like getting in the players the following year all that stuff so I mean, I don't want to say it's it doesn't mean that much, but it means a lot less. It, it is different when you're not fighting exactly for your card. You're right, but it is a much different year of kind of tracking how things come down here. Uh, 
Can we WGC wise? I can't tell if I'm supposed to care about this event. Like more, no, I'm not being sarcastic. Like, I, I, am I supposed to, you know, be especially amped up for this? And I don't know if that's necessarily a coverage take, but I think, you know, with it being the tour's biggest sponsor in what it's supposed to be an elevated event, I, I there was nothing that felt different about watching it. If anything, it was the opposite. Do you, did you, did you feel that? Yes, I think some of that comes down to. And really, I don't think this changes with fans or without fans. Some of it just comes down to the coverage, right? Yeah. So, all right, let's save that then, if we can, and let's talk Bryson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's talk Bryson. So I missed this on uh, was it Thursday or Friday? I I, I was stepped away from watching. This was a little Thursday. Bit of golf. We were out on the golf yeah. course, DJ and I, and and you know he's like, oh god, I guess something's going on with Bryson and fire ants and. I we're gonna be watching way too much golf this coming week, and I had to get away from a, for a couple of days, and just everyone melts down. Bryson uh, hits his ball left, I believe, on the seventh hole. Uh, calls in a rules official to look at it. Of course, the rules official can tack it. For the first time, he was actually polite to the rules official. He was. Which is progress, I think. So I just want to, again, thank the golf gods for at least the service of that cameraman. He put himself in harm's way. It was very close to the conversation. Um, so what he was arguing for, and I had to look this rule up, a dangerous animal condition exists when a dangerous animal such as a poison such as poisonous snakes, stinging bees, alligators, fire ants, or bears. This is literally in the rule book. That's uh, quite the quite the spectrum. Yeah. Near a ball could cause serious physical injury to the player if he or she has to play it as it lies. And I looked at that and I was like, technically, like Bryson might kind of might be onto something here. And then I looked at it a little bit closer, could cause serious physical injury. And <laughs> Kentak, it's like Dude, I don't see any fire ants here. Do you also have to prove that they're fire ants and not just regular ants? I would think so. I think it's got to be like I, I couldn't. So this got scrubbed. This is another note of yeah. th- something worth noted that CBS CBS uh, tweeted it. So Golf good on them. CBS had tweeted it out, and uh, it has since been deleted. Um, hearing hearing some rumors, I guess, of uh, some the tour putting some pressure on uh, on CBS not to. Maybe, you know, discuss some of these things with cameramen and all these things that are going on with Bryson. And I believe the video of uh, all the stuff that went down at the memorial has also been low-key taken down. So the Class X tour strikes again. The MCA tour. Um, but, yeah. yeah I, so I couldn't – I didn't get to see the entire clip. But from from all uh, – all, he wasn't up – it wasn't quite as bad as memorial. At least it was still him, patently absurd. It was. But – there, you know, if it had been pulled off, or I guess if Phil had done it, it had been look at him, look using the rules to his advantage. It's a little bit of piling on Bryson, I think, a little bit, but it's also he brings us on. He's himself. earned it, yes, yes, for sure. But uh, did well, not. Then, and then Brooks, the following was it the following day or two days later? You know, <laughs> basically tries to point out an ant, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take her leave." No, he he's, he points out, he's like, "Oh look, there's an ant," and Ricky is kind of like falls for it and looks over, <laughs> he's like. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was in a similar spot, though. It was in a similar. Yeah. I think it might. Even, I don't know if it was the same hole or not, but uh, he knew the camera was right there on him. Can we talk about another thing that happened Saturday? Did you see Brooks spray his ball way right on? Uh, I forget which hole it was in the back nine into the heather, and he goes over to it. And I am not accusing Brooks of cheating. I, we no one could literally ever know, but he just like says out loud, "He's like, oh yeah, it's embedded," and reaches his hand in there and spends like five seconds messing around. Pulls the ball out and shows it to the rules official. And was like, yeah, see, it was embedded like because there was dirt on it. And the rules official was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's dirt on it. Yeah, that was embedded. And it was just, if my if a ball is embedded and I think it's embedded, I want somebody else to verify that. Brooks is an alpha, man. He is an alpha, but it was just, I didn't didn't love it. If that if that was Patrick Reed, that, that would have happened too. Oh, it would have been. It would have been mayhem. Complete mayhem. But I don't think Brooks has ever had. Anything even remotely questionable. I, I agree with that, and I'm sure it was above board, but God, the camera was right there on him, and I just would have loved if someone else was looking down at that. And I'm not saying I'm glad he didn't win. I'm just like, that was just a little weird. All Especially when you're playing for $1.8 million. Exactly. Right? I don't know. It was just a little little off that the rules official was on his way over, and he hurt, runs over and picks it up. Like, oh, yeah, that was embedded. Got a good drop, and then hit it on the green. Going so. back to Bryson, I thought we were in for a – Big week from Bryson. Opens with 67, four under first round. I think he was first round. He got off to, he was off to the races. I think, I don't know if he started on the back, but he birdied 12, 13, 16, and then two. I think he was four under at one point. And then he had a double in that round and still shot 67. Did he try to drive 18 today? 
Who could say? Who could say? Who could say? But the graphic certainly looks like he tried to get somewhat close or he just dead pulled a driver and was trying to get it you know, into that neck of the fairway. I don't know, but they show him dropping on the other side of the pond and hitting into the green. I was like, yeah, that's not the part of the hole that we kind of wanted to see yeah. for that. Um, you're going to tell me you don't have a camera on the 18th tee? I'm, I know what a hard camera is, but... They were using the blimp on Tom Lewis. That's right. Or so the plane. The, so they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't have that. Uh, I mean, so I do think it's interesting just going down the board because it was so tightly bunched where especially... This is the week before a major. And so it's kind of a clue to, you know, especially, you know, guys get all four rounds so they can work on stuff. Yeah. They can. So you've got Xander. I don't think, I don't recall seeing a shot from Xander today who finished T6 and shot 66. Jason Day shot 67 today. Shane Lowry shot 67 today. Chez had it going for a while. Chez was, Chez had it to 10, I think a putt to get it to 11 at yeah, one point. Yeah, he bogeyed the last two holes to shoot nine under. And he had, yeah, he had a look on, I think, 15 that would have got him. To 12? Yeah, he yeah he had like a 12-foot putt on, on 15 that he barely missed. But uh, Oosthuizen, T6, he fin- he shot 68 today. Fitzpatrick, 68. He's been floated as a as a good fit for Harding Park. That's what I was going to ask is like, how much do you look at, at TPC Southwind and say, you know, this is a great, well, th- outlook for Harding is it good? Is it bad? Is it does it matter? I guess. Like I think I look at somebody because certain guys like Fleetwood, for instance. Fleetwood hasn't played a whole lot. He came over, a, you know, a month late, teed it up at three a.m. and then teed it up this week. I think he was four or five under today. He shot yeah, or actually he was six or five under. He shot sixty five today. So that's somebody who, you know, it sounded like he was he was kind of scraping it around earlier this week and then turned it on this week or you know. Finally turned it on today, fourth round in, and then should be trending for next week. So I think there are some clues out there. Can we talk Ricky a little bit? Yeah, I was I was just going to say, and we'll, we're going to cover Harding Park, and we're going to do a whole preview episode that will be out Tuesday. But Harding is, I don't want to say bomber's paradise, but it it rewards driving distance by like any, any, any measurement, basically. You know, I always refer to my, my hitters over at datagolf.com. They have kind of south wind, almost like a basically like a twenty five percent similarity. It's like almost it's not even neutral. It is like opposite reward for you know the the style of play that fits uh, or is reward at south wind is not necessarily what's rewarded at Harding Park. It's so. weird. I remember playing. And this is kind of an aside and kind of personal. I remember playing against you at Harding Park, and we played the. Granted, we were finishing up on nine, mm-hmm. but I just remember thinking, God, like yeah, you can you can absolutely hit it 40 by me on some of these holes because you're catching certain slopes and and all that and it wasn't there's not just a ton of movement in the holes right it's like pretty much in front of you if and like hey hit it really far here if you want so spoiler alert for my picks for tuesday there's a long hitting guy that i think a lot of us are going to be falling in love with and i have every i guess it's brooks j brooks and jt are 10 to 1 i think i saw and then uh bryson's next at like 14 to 1 so i might preemptively rip the cat Chilly low, weather. Low, low, he's already low 60s, out there. High fifties. He went out for a practice round out there today. He's got good vibes from the place. He likes the place, but I mean, it, and should fit the cat's game. I would think so. Just yeah, I, I'm curious to see how long and how tough they set it up. Right, if it's a Beth Page all over again. But we're, we're going to talk about that. Only thing I had to add about Bryson about the rules official thing was afterwards he says, "quote I'm always going to respect the officials and go okay, no issue, that's fine." Like, always. Because I'm pretty sure like two weeks ago, you said, I don't believe that I want a second opinion and didn't even... Even before he got the first... Exactly. Like he said that even before he got the first opinion, preemptively. So I don't know if that quote necessarily rings true. How Bryson? about him saying he wants to live to 140 Oh, God, I week. almost forgot about that. What the fuck is that? <laughs> JT called him out. He retweeted it. was like, dude, what are you on? Like, what? You want to live over 100 more years than you've currently lived? I'm kind of getting to the point where we need to, like, at some point... He's a novelty, and we give him a ton of attention, and then at some point we stop giving him attention because he's clearly a charlatan. Yeah, it's weird to me because I don't see the joy he gets out of the attention. Like he, I feel like he's tortured. Like I, You know what I mean? He's just super stressed and all of this angst all the time, yet he brings so much of it on himself. But it's not. I wouldn't even say necessarily say he loves the drama because I don't see him enjoying that. You know what I mean? Phil, you can see Phil enjoying like the art. shit. Yes, yeah. exactly. For with Bryson, it just feels like he legitimately can't understand why people get so worked up about this stuff. And yeah, gosh, it just—I don't know if his current reg- of all the things, you know, that his current 
fitness routine and diet routine have gotten them on. I don't think that's going to contribute to living till you're 130 or 140. Yeah, or PDs or whatever. You whatever know. you're yeah, doing. Yeah. Uh, you Listen, you said it, not me. <laughs> Which actually, I think human growth hormone is actually good for you. So <laughs> I don't know. So maybe maybe that's part of the plan. There's there's the take. All right, what's next? Ricky. Let's oh, talk Ricky. Ricky. We got to talk Ricky. Uh, Big Randy, regrettably, can't be here. He was shocked today that Ricky didn't win. It's it's sad. It's unfortunate that he's not because today is the day I have the least amount of fight in me <laughs> to like ride for Ricky uh, against Big Randy. That's probably a good thing that he's not here. Though. Yeah, it is. But like, he would have enjoyed the victory lap tonight. It could have been a thirty second conversation of just like, yeah, he is. What he, he, I thought. Were you a little? Did you feel a little something when he birdied the first couple holes? Well, yeah. So he, I mean, on the first hole, he hits it to. 10 feet, four inches, misses the putt. I'm like, all right, game on, Ricky. Birdies the second, hits it to like six feet, and then almost jars it from 270 to the most tucked pin, narrow green I've ever seen. Up against the water. I was like, man, damn, dude. Like that was a that was a golf shot. Makes birdie. Promptly bogeys the fourth. And you're like, all right. And then bogeys seven, bogeys nine, and just was a non-factor all day. Stephen Barr asked, How the hell did Ricky ever win the players in the manner that he did? <laughs> It was some of the most clutch golf like I can ever remember seeing, and we haven't really seen that. So Fado said something about, you know, he was kind of going down the leaderboard of all the guys that hadn't won a whole lot on there, and he's like, you know, Ricky hasn't won a whole lot. Um, he backed into that win at the Waste Management last year. And I was like, I don't He, like, held the 54-hole lead. I know he shot 74 in the final round. He had a, but he had a bad final round. We, he bur- right. It started raining, and he had that ball that freakishly rolled back in the water after he dropped it. Which was sick. It. Yeah, and then he birdied. I think he birdied 15 and 17 to come home and win. So I don't know if I would say – I know he had a bad overall final day, but I wouldn't – He steadied the ship. He didn't back into it. He didn't, nobody, like, gave it to him yeah. necessarily, I wouldn't say. So yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to add on that. You want to get to a, a couple questions we got about this one? We can cover some other yeah. uh, other golf stuff. Alan Bradley, will Bones get the full ten percent or closer to the five K Kutcher gave, gave L two K in? I mean, I, I think Bones is God. I would give Bones fifteen percent. Well, I think this is a fair question though because caddy payouts are. I, I would guess JT is going to pay him out full ten percent, but. Built into those big percentages is all the, the fact shitty weeks. all the that the guy rides with you, and if you're off for yeah. you know ten weeks with an injury, like you sit and wait for those you know to come back. So, but at the same time, Bones is Bones huge. is not working. Yeah, to, like he's he's not working for TV or whatnot. Well, yeah, either. he wouldn't be. Could have he could have done Golf Channel, right? He doesn't do he doesn't, he do, doesn't do, it do CBS, CBS weeks? weeks. I don't okay. I don't believe. Maybe I could be wrong there. Gosh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would imagine the way JT views all this stuff. I would, first of all, the way the Kuchers thing went down, I would be super hesitant to give anything less than ten percent. But I wouldn't say it's a slam dunk deal. And I think a lot of guys would say, actually, like a sub in caddy, seven um, percent, maybe, yeah, might be. Yeah. But yeah, and a WGC, I mean, Bones, if he gets ten percent, that's one hundred eighty grand. Yeah. for you know, a well, good week's work. Well, the nice thing about a WGC is you, you know you're making at least twenty five hundred. Three grand because you're, Which, you're think, coming on with a paycheck either way. I think Joel Damon might have started thinking about that at a certain point. He was climbing <laughs> up the leaderboard. Uh, Great a, shirt today. Too. Made a double late in the round. He also had the, maybe the best audio oh. clip ever. What he, what hole was that? He hits a shot and yells, "What? What? Fuck you! Fuck all fuck of you, you! Fuck everybody! Fuck all <laughs> of you!" That was awesome. They kind of reminded me of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> it was so calm too. He did end up finishing tied for 20th, uh, made $106,000, which I really appreciated his perspective on money and how he you know, he yeah. thinks about it and finally getting somebody. I, I was expecting more blowback on that from some people and how he, he kind of says he plays golf for the money and if he could, he would rather do something else for it. And uh, no one, not a lot of pros are willing to say that, but I, there are a lot of pros that feel that. And I can understand where he's coming from. He just says he's a homebody and you know he likes to compete and wants to win championships, but yeah, he can... He can do that in a lot of different ways and hates like leaving home for a couple weeks at a time. So, can we do a quid pro quo here? Sure. I want to recognize Colin Morikawa for putting well okay. this week. And I would like you to recognize Scotty Scheffler. There's not one <laughs> negative thing I've ever said about Scotty Scheffler other than I have to root against him because of you. What did he finish? T10 or T15? T15. Great week. And um, shout out to Honest Abe 65 66 on the weekend. So, Mackenzie Hughes minus one. Mm, yeah, but McKenzie. Oh, it was par seventy, but it wasn't wind gusty like Mackenzie Hughes. That's true. Sixty-six, sixty-six was. Will Kelly asked, "Does Brennan Todd make a real case for Player of the Year?" I think we kind of covered that. I think JT has that 
mostly locked up at this point. Especially, there's only going to be one major. I was going to say, there's one major, but then you've got, let's say, I mean, Todd can knock off two FedEx Cup events. He could. He really very well could. And that's, you know, I don't know, not to make this whole thing about distance, but a golf course that doesn't require distance, you're going to get some Brendan Todd's in there every now and then. And that's, I think it's a good thing for golf. It may not, people, a lot of people think he's boring, all that, whatever. I don't really care. I'd rather have guys like Chez and Brendan Todd in the mix every week. I mean, he is not every week. Like, he's been boring. Shit, I remember going up to Chateau Elan to AJGA event. My, sophomore or junior year a good buddy of mine was playing in this big showcase event up there just watching him even back then like he was the best putter i'd ever seen to that point mm -hmm. and nothing's changed since then it was so it was, it's so jarring when you see him really wipe one or really like some of those four or five footers he had today sorry it was till daddy that asked about jt's big right miss i finally found that question um we've covered a little uh southwind i don't know if we had anything more to say tucker blankenship asked tpc southwind kind of showed well this week question mark it did except for <laughs> and it, I, it cracked me up poor ass tweet on tpc in where you know it's got the office park next yeah. to it and it's you know showing a picture of lumberg or the guys <laughs> smashing the uh fax machine out in the back like i mean it does it's like that they're the old uh byron nelson and then i think tory's yeah. got some office parks the Byron Nelson one, I remember too. like the 14th hole or something like that. Mike Weir hitting this like stinger shot right at this corporate building. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. It's so jarring. Very vividly. It's not scenic. It doesn't pop on TV, but I think, you know, competition wise, it's got, it's, it's got good shot value. I, I would so. imagine it's got sticky Bermuda. It'd be really, really good in the fall when the Bermuda kind of like when it stops getting quite as many thunderstorms during the week, it's less soaked. Bermuda starts not dying off a little bit, but but just being a little bit less vibrant. That place really fast mm -hmm. would be solid. And it didn't, it wasn't, you know, super hot and horrible this this year. I mean, a lot of people were critical, ourselves included, of you know, WGC this in Memphis this time of year, but it seems to have been kind of lucky with the weather. I feel you like know. at this point, I mean, half the country's yeah, it's on fire anyways. wherever you go. So is it Amsterdam time? Not yet. Encouraged or discouraged on Spieth? Like I want to keep him top yep. of mind. Because uh, I, I, I would overall say, I hate to say this, but discouraged, which is just because of the drive, like that foul ball drive today. Yeah. Or? It's just, we've seen enough of this to say he is kind of becoming this guy, right? Which is a good PGA tour player, but not obviously not what he was. So I, I Justin Ray looked this up. Uh, he had this handy actually. I wanted to kind of compare, you know, you can look at speed stats for the year and they're not pretty, like negative strokes gain off the tee, negative strokes gain approach, which yeah. bad ball striking. But I kind of wanted to look post, you know, return to golf, if there's any trends in that. I think there are some encouraging ones, kind of. He's 45th total in strokes gained uh, for everyone that has at least 10 rounds. He's 66th in, in tee to green, uh, 65th in approach, 108th in strokes gained off the tee, and 48th in putting. Uh, he's gaining 0.72 shots on the field overall in the return to golf or since since the golf has come back, that's not the speed we're looking for still, but it's not as bad as it has been. So I feel like the I feel like we're stuck in this pattern though for a little while. The I don't night is darkest before the dawn, right? Yeah, I don't think it's horribly dark though. I'm like more concerned these kind of settling into this role that is he's just so hamstrung by the big numbers. Like I yeah, never I mean, feel had, like he's got it on the rails. He had two doubles today. Yeah. After a good start. Yeah. It doesn't, but never looks like he's in control. And um, so, yeah, I, I, it's good to keep him top of mind. It's crazy to forget, you know, think about he's going for the career Grand Slam this week. I know. Like, we don't, jarring. Man. I don't think of him as, you know, a favorite for Harding Park, uh, famous last words, maybe, but I, yeah, it's jarring to think about he could win the career Grand Slam this week. Holy shit. Yeah. So, and, um, and Greller, too. And Greller. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick, I don't know if we how much we talked about him. They kind of neglected that, but he had a really good shot coming I down just, the stretch. I, I get so triggered when he when I when they cut to him and he's putting a six footer or a four footer with the pin in. Yeah. Come on. We're the ones that have to do it with the foam noodles and everything, man. You could like, You don't pay. have to do this, man. <laughs> um even is, DJ like or Thomas were playing this week and I'm I'm putting on the last hole. And he's like, you know what? I'm pulling the pin out for you, man. <laughs> like well, it just seems Fitzpatrick seems to be like king of not prime weekend tea time and playing really well on the weekend. Yeah, like not I wouldn't I don't want to call him backdoor king, but I feel like we see him making moves almost every weekend. Well, he's just, actually I mean this this week he made his move on Friday. He shot sixty four on Friday, 
Shot 69, 68 on the weekend, but I feel like he's just Mr. Four Round. Yeah. He's not going to crush it one day necessarily. He's just always, mm -hmm. you know, he's kind of poking around T20, T25, heading into the weekend, plays well on Saturday, and then kind of uses that to catapult him into a decent top 10 finish. Which between Fitzpatrick and Tom Lewis today, if I'm a British golf fan, I'm pretty furious. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all, it's just, it's ridiculous. And it, it are we ready? Are Let's we do it. Ready? Let's do it, baby. We did, we did our absolute best to wait 45 <laughs> minutes before we, uh, before I think we, we did a good it. job of not. Yeah. I, I, it leaks in. That's kind of the yeah. goal of Hamsterdam. A lot of people asking, what is Hamsterdam? This is the coverage take containment zone. Um, the DRS zone, if you will. We'll get to Formula One here on the back half. But Shout out to Bunny Colvin. Yes, Bunny Colvin. He legalized drugs in Hamsterdam, in in The Wire, in Baltimore. And it was, you know, that's to keep it from leaking into other parts of society, you do it in this one place. And that's what we try to contain it right here so it doesn't leak into the rest of the show. I haven't done a great job because I was pretty worked up today. Can I lead us off? Please. you Please go. That was the worst performance I've seen from CBS in, in the last two years at they least. want you to forget Riviera this year please don't forget Riviera okay. this year but this is but <laughs> I mean at one point there's there's five or six of the top 20 guys in the world within a shot of the lead you've got a couple other guys that are good stories Tom Lewis like they didn't show a shot of Tom Lewis Tom Lewis was was what nine he was like 14 or 15 under on his last uh, however many holes on his last 27 holes. They completely missed the 61 yesterday, yeah. on Saturday. They totally missed it. And they then, didn't like mention it. And thing. then once they pick him up, it's not showing his golf shots. It's showing the tap-in birdies putt, or, yeah. or long putts after the magic is kind of passed. It's so lazy. It's just such a slap in the face. The commercial load today was abhorrent. I'm so fed up, man. And that's... That's where, kind of tying in what I, where I'm at on, am I supposed to feel anything different for this WGC? Maybe it's just, you know, I, I hate to do this comparison because obviously we haven't seen NBC post-COVID and kind of the dial back production, but doesn't it feel like NBC treats Mexico like a Super Bowl? Like yeah. it is a big deal, and I get the crowd has maybe a lot to do with that and, you know, the different environment and everything, but they just treat this like it's the St. Jude. Like that's how CBS treated it. Like every other week on tour. You know tour. what kills me too is CBS seems to, they always use this this excuse. They want to front load the commercials. They want to front. You know where all the action is? Is on the front end. and Or, you know, not in the last hour. A lot of the time, the last 20 minutes or 30 minutes, do all the playing through or eye on golf or whatever you want because there's only three mm. groups on the course at that point. Yeah. I'm hesitant to give them the, the you know, the go ahead for playing through. I just, so they, they did they that late. They abuse the shit out they of They that do. Too. That's what I'm saying. I don't think playing through was intended for, I think it was, uh, I try to jot this down. Kepka was playing his 69th hole or 70th hole of the tournament and it was on playing through. And I was just like, I, how about the fucking Konica Minolta swing? Oh, vision? I know. So, like on, on the, 71st hole or 70th hole of the tournament and like you know what i'd love to see where his fucking drive went guys <laughs> he was putting to take the solo lead on the 69th hole of the tournament on the 15th hole and it's in playing through that's your drama period man like as soon as they went to uh, like it was a what a four-way tie for the lead five-way five-way tie for the lead as soon as that putt went in and they announced it they went straight to commercial break <laughs> it's just it's incredible. I mean, it was comical. I was rooting against a five-way tie because I was like, I, we're not, they're, they're not going to be able to keep track of this. And then on top of that, all the PGA Tour commercials mm. in the commercial breaks, what, you know, a new one FedEx Cup, you know, WGC commercial. And then I, I, I do want to give a shout out to my Grupo <laughs> Salinas. I enjoy those commercials. Don't, don't take those away. But it's just, it's malpractice, man. It's not good for the sport. It's not good. Like, I don't know. I'm a hardcore fan. I don't like. I don't know why we watch this. It's crazy to me. Yeah, it was today. Was and it, the, the reason we try not to say these same things every week is like it is what it is. But you know, today was one of those days where it is what it is. Like, it, just it just feels like such a middle finger to the people who actually give a shit about the product. Yeah. Which I, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I, I'm so frustrated. It's uh, they can say what they want about COVID and having less cameras and all that. It's not like. I know you've got your stationary cameras on all these holes. Like, just use them better, yeah. right? Yep, it's very frustrating. That that concludes the Hamsterdam section, I think, for today. Other than I, I got nothing more to say other than you know yeah. losing track of. They just they can't yeah. keep track it's, of shit. It's not an equipment issue. It's a production issue yeah. and a narrative issue. I guarantee, like right now, the Barracuda they're doing a 
far better job oh, yeah. of they know what the storyline is. They're going to follow that storyline. They're not going to. It's not golf on Golf Channel. It's it's hey, we're going to cover the Barracuda tonight. Every week is this is golf on CBS, and we're going to jam yes. whatever narrative is into that. We're going to see what kind of golf we can fit into this window. But you're watching us right now. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go back. Uh, I've got a couple guys sending me the coverage. Oh, the stats. I'm gonna go back. I'm uh -huh. gonna do stats. I'm gonna I'm gonna log the whole thing. Oh, they don't want to see, they don't want to see that because it was sure. it was disgusting this week. <laughs> And everybody's culpable. It's Jay Monahan for going back to CBS and saying, hey, do you guys want to re-up for another 10 years? It's Sean McManus. It's Lance Barrow. Thank God you're going away. And it really, next week's his last week, right? Yeah, yeah. They have no playoff events. They, they have Wyndham. They have Wyndham, right? Oh, they have Wyndham. Okay. I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's got two more weeks. Uh, and I don't then, know if he goes through the end of the calendar. No, I guess. I think this is his last okay. season. Yeah. So, And I don't even think they have anything as oh, we so get into... I've tried not to look because I, I remember looking at it and getting depressed at how many CBS events there were in a row. Yeah, because there's NFL football, so they yeah. don't, you know. But yeah, I just, I'm I'm fed up, man. It's ridiculous. It is brutal. Let's see. Can we um, talk about LPGA? We that can. that was a bright spot. This it week. was a bright spot. Uh, I feel like I had... Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's do that. Uh, LPGA. Only issue I have, and I, I hate to start with a beef on it, is, gosh, they could have scheduled the finish of that to be not right up against the WGC and another uh, PGA Tour event going on. boned on Friday with the yeah. coverage. It was it a 54-hole event, which yeah. is sweet. I like that. Yeah, um, I didn't think it took, like, I don't think it took anything away from... Not at all. Inverness looked like it was, it looked like a major championship from the little bit that I was able to watch. The golf course looks incredible. Major championship leaderboard, too. With, yes. You know, there's, what, five or six players under par. Uh, Danielle Kang is the winner. I just wanted to see, like, do a Monday night finish. Like, give us, like, there's no sponsors. There's no tickets. There's no, I'm sure it's a Golf Channel thing. Maybe it's an LPGA, you know, charter thing or whatever it is. But that that that's an opportunity to get creative on when you finish the tournament. Because they, they could have got some eyeballs if it finished on Monday night, I think, or Saturday or something like that. So I hate to start with that. But it sounds like a heck of an effort by everyone at the golf course to get that in with all the rain and the weather and everything. But it's good to have the LPGA tour back. Yeah. Hats off to Aon. They converted a lot of their sponsorship from the risk reward challenge into this event to kind of bankroll that. So hats off to them. And I think, yeah, I think this is the blueprint for a lot of LPGA events moving forward. And I know they've tried, you know, this is, I'm stating the obvious here because they've obviously tried to do this over the last few years with the LA event at Wilshire, the San Francisco event at Lake Merced. Like they've, they're, they're going, they're trying to go to, I mean, uh, KPMG's at Aronimink this mm -hmm. year. They're trying to go to, more classic uh, courses that have been, you know, more or less neutered by PGA Tour standards, whether it be logistics or distance or whatever. So I think that is absolutely the right thing to do. Yes, they have tune a in. chance to corner that market 100%. Yeah, I mean, on top of that, it was just, God, it was a great, great event. Danielle Kang played fantastic golf, kind of start to finish. I'm sorry for your girl, Celine Boudier, who missed oh, a short birdie on the, on the 72nd, 54th that, hole. I felt that deeply, too. Like, she's just, I, I, mean, I thought she made the wedge. Like, like It was stuffed In tight. the air, they're like, that's all over the pin. That's all over. I thought it was going to go in. It spins back a little bit to, you know, five feet. And then she, very, very tentative stroke. But, um, yeah, I, I love watching her. Going back to um, Country Club of Charleston a couple of years ago. And she's just... Uh, Corn Ferry Tour, your boy Ryan Ruffles had a good opportunity. Oh, I'm gutted for him. I man. know. You've been placing a lot of bets on him. Fake fake bets on him. Yeah, and uh, actually some real bets. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't draw up a better scenario with, where he's the only guy left on the course within three shots of him and had to basically play the last four in one under par. Birdie's 15 and then, you know, probably two bogeys and you know, doesn't get it done. So I think it was his seventh. Seventh runner-up or seventh top three finish mm. worldwide. Win is coming. So yeah, he's, he's earning, he's, he's he's earning points his, out the ass, he, and yeah. he's playing his ass off. Uh, hats off to him. Got to learn how to win, you know. And winning's not easy. So keep it up, man. Barracuda is going on currently as we're recording this. Troy Merritt is mic'd up. Final round leader, yeah. mic'd up, which I'm excited to go get in front of a TV to watch. You know I've shit on I've shit on Troy Merritt a lot, <laughs> just for how he's dressed. I'm kind of coming around because it's so bad, it's good. He leans into it. <laughs> Went white belt for the Sunday. And he's gotten just. so much out of his talent. Too. Mm -hmm. I think this would be his third PGA Tour win, which the I think I feel like the third one is a huge win, right? Because it gets you, uh, it gets you status, or at least right now it gets you status on the Champions Tour. It gets you just kind of bumped up into a different category. And then uh, my guy Matthias Schwab, 
who was on my fake Ryder Cup team. That's right. Remember I drafted yeah. him. He is he's currently in second, two points behind. And then Fabian Gomez is three points behind. Aaron Wise, 19 points today. Basically doubled his... Stableford's sweet. More than doubled his point total from the first three days. Why doesn't a WGC do Stableford? That would be such a or great Or like all the tournaments that they added. Yes. The workday could work have totally easily, easily been Stableford. You know? And same thing on the on the Corn Ferry. Corn Ferry Stableford would be sick. Because mm-hmm. they make even more birdies. Mav is currently five back. He's, he's at plus 33 right now. He's, I'm he's rooting, hanging in there. I'm rooting for Mav hard. I really am. But I don't know if I can take a week's worth of Mav and Danielle uh, Kang stories from every golf outlet. And yeah. Oh, the boyfriend and girlfriend won <laughs> on the same day. I mean, that would be an incredible story. Let's be honest. But, but uh, bottom line, all in on the Barracuda, the new uh, venue for that old Greenwood up at Tahoe. It's been firm. It's been windy. Angles matter. Great litterboard. I've enjoyed watching it all week. Props to the guys, especially Kurt Byram out there. Always enjoy him on on, on the coverage. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny yesterday. Omar Uresti oh, out God. in front. <laughs> As a single holding up. As a up. single, and he was holding up play. <laughs> ZB was in the group. I, yeah. ZB put him on blast uh, on Twitter. He that did. was great. Would you encourage him to tweet that? I said, dude, you got to do it. <laughs> ZB also sent a video. I guess he tossed his wedge in a lake. He went in. After Zach the fact. tossed his wedge. Yeah, okay. he went in after the fact. He jumped in the lake last night and went back and got the wedge. <laughs> it was sick. Sam Horsfield wins uh, on the uh, wins the Hero Open on the European Tour. Dietrich had kind of a tough, yeah, tough scene on the last there, but kind of uh, a Morikawa finish there. I would, in a normal circumstance, I would point out that the he has the winner of it. What got twenty four first place uh, world ranking points, but. The Barracuda, also weak strength of field this week, also gets to, gets the you know, the go. qualifier, the 24 first place points automatically for it. So, And he's a Gator. I did not know that. And your fiance is a Gator. That's exactly so right. You don't want to piss off the Gator Nation, you know? That's exactly right. Segments, you hate to see it. Oh, gosh. So my bets. Mm. I had it I had it rolling this week, folks. And and you know what? Who knows? It, we, we still could find some gold up in those hills, up in those Sierra Nevada hills, but... I dropped the Heinz on everybody, which it's a six-way kind of all-way bet. A dollar forty each bet, fifty-seven ways. Sung Jay doubled uh, two of his last four holes today mm. to you know basically take me out of the money on that, and I ended up you know losing about fifty dollars on that. Excuse me, fifty units. And then uh, yeah, I also had a top five on him, and uh, and then I had Ryan Ruffles at seventy or seventy-five to one. Mm. To win, yeah. So just a just a tough day. Could have been could have been a banner day. Instead, it was a it was a tough day. Indeed, that is just that's something you do hate to see. Yeah, I kind of struggled for one today. I am gonna go with uh, my, at least my boy, my favorite racer, Max Verstappen. Pits oh. at the very end of the Formula One race today. The British. He Grand laid Prix. up. I'm ready no, to talk no, to you no, about what? this. Can we save it for Formula One section? He didn't. He didn't lay up. Christian Horner. No, I, I disagree on this. We're okay. going to get, we'll, we'll save Formula One for the end, but that was my, okay. you hate to see it. Rub of the green, other than the JT one that ran across the bridge, that's the biggest rub of the green I've ever seen, maybe. Actually, I've, I've got a, I've got a hate to see it for you. Okay. Brandon Grace having to WD. That sucks. He's tied for second in the tournament. Not only does he have to WD from the tournament through 36 holes, which he was probably going to get a top five. Yeah. Misses PGA Championship. He also has to miss the PGA Championship. That sucks. Yeah. You also hate to see, and this was going to maybe be my soapbox Sunday as well. You brought this up last week. The guy in 10th place in the FedEx Cup can't get in the FedEx St. Jude Classic. What the hell is the FedEx Cup? What's the sports equivalent of like late in the season? You don't even get a shot to like play for the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like you have a good record, but you don't even get to like play a game in an NFL game or some, NFL week or something like that. I don't that. think there is an equivalent. I don't know. Right? Like I try to think of a bye week for a college football team and everybody passes you or something like that. I, I, I think college football is probably the best one. Where like if K-State hasn't played anybody all year, but they're undefeated and they, but it's like, they yeah, you don't didn't, get a look. Yeah, you didn't qualify yeah. for this game. So your game got canceled and he had to go play. And that's, that's not only like they also expanded the field I know. in Memphis by a lot. Then dicked over Reno. Yeah. Or, or I and, and I hesitate to call it Reno this year because it's not Reno. They're up at the lake. But yeah, that's just like not only did they, did they do that, they've got up in Tahoe, they've got like Carlos Franco in the field. He's not qualified for the Champions Tour event this week. 
It's insane. He had to Monday into the Champions Tour event. Now he's he's trying to win. Sick. Seven minutes ago, Jim Furyk won the Ally Championship. Oh, he did? His first, his first uh, Champions Tour start. Shout out to Jim. That's awesome. Congratulations. He won by two over Retief Goosen and Brett Quigley. So sounds like he, he ran him down down the stretch. He parred the first hole when everybody else was birdieing mm-hmm. and, and not eagling it. But Back 934. I, I do think, I mean, the way that they fill out these fields – and I know some of it is is there. I mean, there were legitimately guys in the WGC field this week that I'd never heard of. Sebastian, yeah, a couple. Sebastian Soderberg, I think he said last week. Yeah, I'd never I've heard never, of. Never <laughs> like and you can roast me all you want. I've never heard of Sebastian Soderberg. I looked at the qualification for how you get into those. Winning some really random tournaments gets you into these WGCs. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, uh, my true rub of the green, Joel Sholem uh, on the European Tour. Had to take a boat to an island uh, at the Hero Open uh, to go play a shot. He had like this this little canoe that was out. I don't even know why the boat was out there. Like he had. To, I don't think it was. I think they had, they had to, to bring, bring in the boat. From, yeah, from elsewhere on the lake because they have to go landscape that little island. Oh, I got you. So they he has to go out on this little island that he hit the ball. He takes a couple clubs in the boat with him. Like throws the club onto the island as he gets out of the boat. I never got to see him hit the shot. I just saw him go climb the climb out of the boat for it, but. Ball ends up on the island, and you take a boat to go hit the shot. That is truly the rub of the green. Anything else before we do? Uh, rub of the green for me I, sorry. is uh, Ricky's shot today. Which one? Off the rocks. Oh, yeah, yeah, on 11. And then, you know, middle of the green. Middle of the <laughs> green. Great shot. No, it didn't really end up – it didn't end up factoring in a ton to his day, but uh, that was wild. That was hits, a hits wild bounce. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It went forward and left, but not over the green, right into the middle of the green. Um, are you ready to uh, talk some Formula One? Can we look ahead? Sure. First, we've got obviously the PGA next week. We'll have plenty, plenty on that. We are efforting a special guest for this week on the Trap Draw. Big thanks to Kyle Porter for doing the, the uh, Memphis event. We also donated some money to the uh, St. Jude's Fund on behalf of Kyle Porter. Which I would say that the, the them working in the kids into the broadcast was kind of a it was a nice refresher. I mean, a couple you don't know what you're going to get out of those kids, but a couple of them were awesome. That the gave one some, kid was Dakota a total alpha. A star. He was yeah. in all the other kids' heads. I know. <laughs> and then we've got the marathon. So the LPGA is back in Sylvania, Ohio this week. So uh, good to see them back. And then uh, we've got the Portland Corn Ferry event, which is a favorite of mine. Excited to see that. I plan on doing a Instagram Live with Lauren Coughlin, our young hitter out on the LPGA. She had nothing but awesome things to say about Inverness. She got off to a great start yesterday. She said the conditions were absolutely <laughs> insane yesterday afternoon. So, But yeah, props to Inverness again. I mean, I, I think that was one of the coolest. Like, I'm so excited for the Solheim Cup there. Oh, that'll be, that's going to be fantastic. Props for that event came together quickly. Yeah. You know, and uh, there was no sponsor for it, and they... Got a, got together a million dollar purse for it, so I don't know how they're doing it, but that's really impressive. And my point earlier is just I'd love to get some more eyeballs on it. So any opportunity they have to you know not go up against P, big PJ tour events, I think would serve them very well. And that's where like going back to the the West Coast stuff, the more they can do on the West Coast and finish up in prime time, mm-hmm. the more viewers you're going to get. All right, at Char Force One, what's the golf equivalent of winning a Grand Prix with a flat tire? I've got my answer to this. It's basically, I mean, it's somebody, it's your caddy snapping your putter in half on the 16th hole. It's Robert Streb at Greenbrier, right? Yeah. (laughs) He had to putt with a wedge and got into a playoff with it. Uh, He didn't end up winning that that event. But of course, we're talking Lewis Hamilton won the British Grand Prix today by on a flat tire on the final lap. Max Verstappen went into the pits to go. He could not catch Hamilton. It was very clear he was not going to catch him. He went into the pits to get new tires to go for fastest lap. And if he hadn't have pitted, so Hamilton then blows out a tire. If he hadn't have pitted, in hindsight, that's what I'm going to say. I, I'm curious on does the I know it's I know the points are valuable. Yeah, is the one point that valuable? I, I don't even think it's that much about the one point as it is securing second, getting a fresh set of tires. Something could have gone bad with his tires coming down the stretch. But it seemed like his tires were in better shape. They than, they were, but they couldn't Lewis's. have known how bad Lewis's were. No, they. I mean. Lewis was all over the radio. They were talking about it all, you know, but all Lewis over the telecast said, and everything. Lewis said afterward, he said he, he thought they were totally fine. He must have hit debris to make it go fully flat. He was not going to... Something had to have happened on the track today, right? Clearly, because... Botas's tire just completely got nuked. Botas's tire, and then uh, Latifi... <laughs> Pulled a Bryson, first of all, and said, hey, get these cameras out of here after, I missed he, this. after he crashes. That, and then it was a boring race for the entire middle part. The start was great. 
Grosjean's out of control. Steve Hamblin said, don't let today's Formula One race in the UK put you off. Some races are like that. Guaranteed next time out will be prime time again. I thought it was great. No, it was great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like I think that was so Bunky Perkins, he watched his first race yeah. today and he was like, honestly, I like all the all the ancillary elements and the side elements. Dude, that's I think it's a really good sign for our F1 fanhood that the people that are real fans are like, no, no, that was a boring one. Like, and I still enjoy the shit out of yeah. them. The, all the strategy that comes in it. The whole two hour thing is perfect. It too. is no commercials. I will say Mercedes does kind of ruin it. So when, like, I don't like rooting against them, but when stuff starts to go bad for them, it's way more exciting. I like rooting for Hamilton, but against Botas. Yeah. Botas just seems like too much of a system. Because I feel like rooting for Hamilton's like rooting for Tiger. Yes. In the early 90s or in the early 2000s. Whereas Botas just seems like, Right, very got, very good driver in his own right. Seems a little bit more like but he's like um like a Davis Love almost. That's a perfect example. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he's never gonna win the big one. But yeah. He's just he's just constantly he's a professional. He's always gonna be in the mix. Ferrari is a complete disgrace. They're they're and shot and and, and I like and I like Charles Leclerc. He got crowned with the with the uh with the podium today. Randy's all over McLaren. Are you a McLaren guy or no? I like McLeod. I like Zach. You don't like Zach Brown. I think he's totally fine. I, I don't just, see what I, you He's just too much. He's too. He's just too much for me. He's, yeah, he doesn't seem like always that much got the, to me. He's always got the hair quaffed. He's got the stiff collar shirts. It's just a lot. Man. I don't know. I I, I don't I like. like you I know, like Lando. Randy loves Lando. I think signs signs might get exposed next year at uh, Ferrari. So I meant to look this up, just to get back to the conversation on Verstappen. But I forget which race it was. But in a recent race. That Max did the same exact thing. He was behind and not going to catch the guys in front of him and went into the pits to get fresh tires to go for fastest lap and like go for a true fast finish. And no one said shit about it when that happened that time. And this time, Hamilton, like that's a freak. That shit doesn't happen to Lewis Hamilton. No, but yeah. And, and, and I get it. Like the, the tires, you know, some people were saying, oh, the tires should have, should have lasted longer. Some were saying, no, they were on them for 40 plus laps, but five of those laps were basically practice laps. Yeah. And, or or uh, caution laps. And some of the guys were all over the pace car for going way too slow mm-hmm. today, too. So, I don't know. I mean, I think seeing what happened, and, and I know Botas's thing happened right as Max went into the pits and everything like that. But my big thing, like, why why can't Albin qualify decently? Because he was, he was the fastest guy out there, non-Mercedes, all day. Yeah, he it was wild, like, how well they followed it when he came out in last after having to pit and take the five-second penalty, came out in last, and they were still following him. Like, he's going to get back in the points. And, and he just... Sure enough. Catapulting past racers on the inside. Will Buxton was... And he called this out on Twitter. He was right to say it. I think props to Pierre Gasly for... I think he finished P7 or P8. And, you know, and, and really, like, kind of... Like, his fourth really solid race in a row. And he then, did pass somebody. He went past uh, someone and gave a... They... they Cut into the audio, and he's like, "Yeah, baby, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm just, I need, I need my man George Russell at uh, Williams to get on a better team, and yeah. then Pierre uh, was P P seven today, seven, yeah. and then uh, I need. I was so disappointed in in Racing Point this week. Well, Sergio Perez get testing positive for COVID. That's a, that's a tough break. Yeah, and then well, and then Nico Hulkenberg not even. Not even making Couldn't the get start. The car started. Is that his fault? I don't. I no, miss what but, happened there. No, and then Stroll looked like shit today. Yeah, that car looked awful. Uh, you know, I'm excited next year to see what happens with Ricardo at uh, and McLaren. At McLaren, and get him out of that Renault. The audio inside Lewis's car, uh, Lewis Hamilton's car, at, during that last lap is amazing. Like yeah. the, the driver counting down, like Verstappen's 18 behind you, he's 16 behind you, and then they get to the very end. Like Lewis didn't even know that he won. He's like, I didn't see the checkered flag. And like, hey, you won, mate. You won. You won. Yeah. You did great job. He's like, do I do I stop? Do I stop? Like it for you know three how, wheels for how yeah getting it and shout out to Botas for getting that car all the way around the track on three wheels because he got the flat at oh, the did worst. he finish yeah he got he, he did finish he finished in 11th so no points yeah. but he got the flat in the worst possible spot he couldn't get into the pits because he like had just passed the pit lane so yeah uh hated seeing my guy Kevin Magnuson get bounced there at the start and then Grosjean's completely out of control they got to do something about him <laughs> It's it's finished, it's absurd. He finished 16th, uh, despite absurd. being up there for a long so, period of time. I got one more thing I forgot to uh, okay. call out. Um, just looking back, I think David Bergano. <laughs> I just want to say another thing about that. This was this so ideally this was his first start in his major medical. So the the changes that they've made this year, this was his first start of 2020. 
on his major medical, so everything will basically he's down to one start. Uh, other guys, their starts have basically been refreshed to the beginning of the year, but since he hadn't had a start yet, this guy's been milking a major medical since two thousand and four. It's incredible. He gets twenty grand a month from the tour, <laughs> tax free. I, I, I either tax free or after taxes. They had to change the rules because of him. So like guys that are legitimately hurt can't stay on a major medical for more than like three years now. It's insane to me. And for whatever reason, he pops up at Reno every year. Yeah, so he's down to one start. I'm really curious to see when and where he makes that start because, you know, he's well over 50 at this point. He plays in a bunch of money games out in Palm Springs and in the desert. You know, like the way that the tour fills out these beyond Bergano, because I know that's that's kind of one thing, but the way that the tour fills out these opposite field events is so they can't even go down far enough on the priority list. It's crazy. Whereas like, all right, this week, especially this year of all years, call up the top five guys or top seven guys from the Corn Ferry Tour right. and say, hey, go win one. Get in basically. Battlefield yourself yeah, in. Almost, battlefield yeah. yourself in. Call up Davis Riley, Will Zalatoris, uh, Ruffle, you know, guys like that. And I give I give Reno credit for Justin Saw was in the field. He had missed out four Monday cues in a row. They gave him a spot. He finished his top 25. It's exhausting seeing guys like, you know, Frederick Jakobsen, which my son is literally <laughs> named after Frederick Jakobsen, <laughs> Ted Purdy, Omar Uresti. There's just some dog shit guys in the field that should not be playing in a PGA Tour event. It's time to go watch the end of the Barracuda. Uh, Matias Schwab and Troy Merritt are tied right now, but Merritt's got a lot more holes to go, so he looks technically probably not in the lead, but looks to like be in the lead. So, uh, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and getting pumped for Major Championship for the first time in over a year. We got some Major Championship golf. God, We're going to be doing crazy. live shows. We're going to be doing pods during the week. We are going to be cranking out the content and watching a hell of a lot of golf this week. What so, was the last major? The uh, UK British Open presented British, by Her Majesty uh, the Queen, Port Rush. Shane Lowry. Yeah. God, that feels like forever four ago. years ago. <laughs> so, Man. TC, have a wonderful evening. Um, we'll see you for our Monday morning meeting, as we always do. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!